trust Christ as her Savior this morning. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> you say, why are you so happy? Because it makes the devil mad. He messes with me so much. When, when, when we can do something to mess with him, it just tickles me to death. Amen. Luke 15 and verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Publicans were tax collectors that the Jews hated. Sinners were the people that they didn't care about because they were the nobodies. They were the outcasts. They were the people that, that uh, uh, everybody, the religious crowd, wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. But that was the crowd Jesus was hanging with. It said that, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners. He receiveth sinners. You remember what we said that word meant? It means he accepted them. He allowed them to be what they was. He, he awaited for the change to take place in their life. They didn't have to change to come to him. He came to where they were and met them where they were. He received sinners. And he eateth with them. That really, that really made him mad because when you would sit down and eat with folks, that meant you were putting them on the same level you were. Isn't that a novel idea? And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost? How long? How long do you go after it? Until he find it. Then it. it says this, And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Now watch this. And I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. In other words, they're not doing cartwheels in heaven just because you showed up this morning. Because you should have. They don't do cartwheels in heaven because you read your Bible. Because you're supposed to. God's not, he don't have a checklist up in heaven and, and, and you, you, you're doing your quota for being here. No, the Bible says that we're to gather together. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. We're supposed to do this. But you let somebody get in. You let a sinner, Miss Amber, a sinner come to know the Lord and weep their way to Christ. Buddy, I'm telling you, they are partying in heaven right now. When that name came across the book of life, Lexi Burdett. Son, they started doing cartwheels, blowing horns, shouting the victory. I think if they're doing it up there, we ought to do it down here. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? All the time. Brother Kendrick, how about that? That's worth it, isn't it? Won't you lead us in prayer and ask the Lord to bless this message here this morning? All right.
every Sunday. I'm a good kid. It's C-A-S-S-I-E. It's in there. I know it is. Your name is not found. So I'm going to hell? Josh, you're one of my best friends. Why didn't you ever ask me if I was You were with us all the time. Why didn't you ever make sure? Why didn't you ask me? Cassie, are you 100% if you die right now, you go to heaven? Why didn't you ever make sure? Tyler, you said you loved me? You told me you, you loved me and you never asked me if I was saved or not? Why did you never ask me? We're together all the time and we had plenty of opportunities. We're, we, I mean, we go to church together all the time and you never ask me. Why did you never ask me? Megan, you're like my sister. Why? We, you know, we sit together every Sunday. We're together all the time. We go to youth stuff together. You know, why didn't you ever ask me? And you know, and you claim that you're my best friend and you never asked me if I was going to heaven or not? Why didn't you ever ask me? Well, okay, well, you are going to heaven. sad part about this skit it's reality in 91 in 91 I graduated high school uh, 1991 I graduated uh, Westwood High School went to Bible College and uh, and was there a semester came home then went back uh, to complete school I got a job at a place called uh, Midland Valley Country Club brother Travis knows about it he, he worked there also Midland Valley Country Club had a, a lot of people there. It's, it's, it's like you would imagine, any, any, any type atmosphere like that. And, and as I got a job there, I, I was going to Bible college, and, and I'm a preacher. I'm, God called me to preach. And, 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 but how many, how many knows that you can get called up so, so much with life, you forget what you're called to do? Whether you forget it or not, uh, it, it gets avoided sometimes. And, and there was a fellow that worked with me by the name of Don. Don was a sharp guy, uh, a handsome fella. You'd think he had the whole world for him, a great golfer, uh, was going to Bible, or not going to Bible college, but going to college at USC Aiken, and, 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 and seemed like he had the, 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 the world by the tail. I mean, you, you wouldn't think there was a, one problem with Don. Well, as, as I was there, uh, four, five, six months, I guess, and, and then I came to work one day, and, and, and uh, everybody was in a real, I mean, just looking at the ground when I walked into the, uh, in, into the shop there, and, and uh, uh, the, the superintendent took me, uh, this was before Rusty came, this, uh, uh, he took me into, the, into the, the back room there with the, the older gentleman that was the mechanic, said, sit down, we need to tell you something. And I said, what's, what's going on? What happened? And, and uh, they said, we need to tell you something. Don took his life this weekend. He took a shotgun from upstairs from the, the golf pro, and, and, and his, he, little did we, everybody know that he was having problems with his girlfriend. His, his mother and daddy was getting a divorce. He was blaming himself. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, don't ever think that a divorce is all about you. It always affects the kids. And the kids will blame themselves for the rest of their life because they'll think it's their fault that you're not together. But he had all these issues going through his mind, started doing bad in school and all this, and he just said, it's, what's the use? And he blew his brains out. And when they told me that, my, my, my heart just went up into my throat. And the first thing I thought 
did I tell him? Did I ever sit down and straight up tell him, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did invite him to church, and, 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 and I believe. And, but was I very urgent about getting it done? Was it a ho-hum situation? Was it, was it a deal where, uh, man, won't you come to go to church with me? Or, or did I see it as a serious situation, a urgent matter that he needed to tend to? Nobody realizes how real this is. Nobody understands how serious this situation is. Nobody understands we go by day by day and we pass people every single day in our lives. And we're so busy. We're so caught up with our problems. We're so caught up with our schedules. We're so caught up with what we have got to do that we forget that we're passing people every single day that are dying and going to hell. Every day. Every day. As I was studying... As I was studying this week, man, there was one word that kept coming back to my mind, and I, I can't shake it. I can't shake it. Urgent. Urgent. How many of y'all have ever received a letter, and it was printed across the front of that letter? Urgent. Anybody ever received that? What did that make you want to do? i got to open this. I need to find out what this situation is. This is important. This, if this is urgent, this is important. That means it needs my immediate attention. Let me ask you a question. Does people spend an eternity? Let me, no, 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 no. Let me, let me say that because that, that, that's way out there. If people, can, people can have no faces. People can represent numbers. But how about your brother? How about your sister? How about your son or your daughter or your mother or your father? How about your uncle or your aunt? Is they, are they important enough to it demand your immediate attention? The Bible says that Jesus is being ridiculed because he is hanging out with sinners. He is being criticized. Listen, if you decide to reach sinners, if you decide to reach sinners, by all means, reach some. You're going to be criticized. And listen, while he was doing this, they were criticizing him. And he turns around to rebuke them and says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, would not leave the ninety and nine if just one were lost? Just one. Not 10, not 15, just one. He looks around, George, Cletus, Henry, Rufus. Wait, wait, where's, where's Johnny? Where's, hey, we got one missing. Hey, has anybody seen Johnny? No, I hadn't seen him. Hey, boys, you're going to have to watch the floor. I've got to go. We got one missing. And the Bible says he left them. And kept searching and searching and searching and searching and searching. It could have been all night. It could have been all week. It could have took a month till he found it. But when he did find it, he rejoiced and said, We found this one that was lost. But it was urgent to him. You can see the urgency that we are needing in the house of God today. Churches are so lukewarm today. They are so asleep today. We have forgotten that hell is burning hot and sinners are falling off into hell every single day. We've lost the urgency that we need to see them saved. Urgent. Jesus was urgent in His life. 
When he was only 12 years old, he was in the temple confounding the wise. And his parents come in and they say, what are you doing? You scared us to death. And he said, why is it that you have sought me? Wished you not that I must be about my father's business. He said, I've got a job to do. It's very urgent. I've got an important mission that I came to do. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I came to give my life a ransom for many. I must be about my father's business. That word must, must. Listen, he was very urgent with his ministry. He was very urgent in his message. He said, I must do the works of him that sent me while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. He was so urgent in his message that he said, listen, if you are keeping both of your hands, if there is a hobby, if there is an activity that you're doing that's keeping you from coming to Christ, if there is something in your life that's more important than surrendering to God, it would be better that you cut your hands off and go into heaven crippled than to go into hell with both of your hands. We have people that will not surrender to God. They will not quit what they're doing because they like what they're doing. They love darkness more than light. They love that hobby. They love their activity. But I'm telling you, that activity is very, very short-lived. And one day, hell is forever. Hell is eternal. Hell is a place you'll never get out of. Jesus said, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. That's urgent. This is serious. Where are the tears? Where's the burdens? Where's the prayers going up? Where is, listen, where is the energy that should be spent in seeing people saved? It's spent on everything else but that. No urgency. They're not out, but they're not in. Preacher, you're going to scare everybody away. I tell you what, if it takes it, we got to do whatever it takes. I'd rather have five that's on business on fire and serious about seeing people saved than 500 that just want to have their back scratched. Why do you feel this way? Because we're running out of time. We don't have time to argue with nobody. We don't have time to defend our position. I'm done with that. I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. Listen, urgency. Urgency. Where do you see urgency in this story? Two things. I see urgency in two things. Number one, the response of the shepherd. The response of the shepherd. Write these two things down and we're going we're to pray today. How did he respond when he, when he found out there was one that was lost? How many of you, how many of you have children? Raise your hand if you have children. Raise it real high. Come on. Have you ever been anywhere? Have you ever been anywhere, maybe a store, maybe, maybe somewhere where they thought the Cheetos was more important than the section you were in? And maybe they, they, they just, I mean, but just before you knew it, you turned around and they were not there. Do you remember that feeling? I mean, it was so sickening. It was so, it was like somebody just punched you right in the gut. You turn around and little, little, little uh, Julio was supposed to be standing right there and now he's not there. And, and what, what, what happened? You don't know whether somebody got him. You don't know how, you just don't know. All you know is he's lost. And this shepherd sees that there's somebody's missing. There is a sheep that's missing. That sheep is very important. I have been entrusted. Listen, somebody has put confidence in me to keep this sheep. And now the sheep is lost. Bless God, we got to do something. Let's go. There was a priority that was extended. 
There was a priority that was extended. He gave that one sheep, Brother Scott, he gave that one sheep priority in his schedule. That one sheep took priority over the 90 and 9. The 90 and 9 were in the fold. The 90 and 9 were safe. The 90 and 9 were going to make it. But there was one that was lost. There was one that was in danger. There was one that was out there in the wilderness with a roaring lion roaming about seeking to devour that one little lamb. There was one that was in danger. And whatever we do, we got to give that one priority. Churches are dying every day because they're spoiled. They're spoiled. Spoiled rotten. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's about my seat. It's about my parking spot. It's about my place. It's about my book. It's about my, my, my. That's how I feel about that. Listen, they get priority. They get priority. I don't like parking in the back. Tough. You're in the fold. Get back there. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'll park down. I'll park down at the jet pit and walk down here so a sinner can have my spot. He gets priority. Listen, I'll do whatever it takes. Listen, we need to leave that. If you're a first-time attender, or excuse me, if you're an all-the-time attender, if you are a member of Temple and you are here all the time, we need to leave that back row left open and give them priority seating. you got to come early to get a back seat in a Baptist church. I need a witness. We need to leave it open. And this is not, this is not picking on nobody that's back there now because I can't even see who's back there now. But the point is, we need to make it easy for them. We need to give them the easy seating. We need to give them the easy place because you know how it is when you go into a new place, you're scared to death and you just want to move in quick and sit down. Do I have a witness? Give them priority seating. Give them priority parking. Don't, don't be afraid. Listen, we're growing. God is bringing sinners our way. God is bringing the looking our way. God is bringing the lost our way. We need to make it as easy as possible for them to find Jesus. They get priority. They get priority. Well, I don't like that. Well, you're in the wrong building. Let me just tell you that. You're in the wrong building. If you're not willing to sacrifice a little discomfort so somebody that's lost can get in, I'm sorry, you need to find another dead church to get into that don't care about lost people because we care about lost people. You're just being mean. No, God has revealed to me. He's about to come. We're running out of time. Listen, the rapture is near. And if we don't get urgent now, it may be too late. Urgency. Urgency. He gave that one sheep priority over the 99. Priority. They're more important. They're more important. They're more important. If they're looking, they're more important. Listen. We're in. Do you get it? We're in. <laughs> Brother Jalen, you told me they was, you know, at that concert the other night, some of them got a little upset because the musicians kind of got excited. Jason Crabb sang at Faith this week, and that dude can sing. I'm telling you, I showed him everything he knows. Amen. 
God forgive me for lying right in the house of God. Amen. <laughs> Packed house. I'm talking about wall to wall, elbow to elbow. And some folks got a little upset because the, the musicians showed out just a little bit. Let me give you, let me just give you a little hint. If I ever do, if I ever do get the ability to play an instrument, I'm going to show out. <laughs> now, you can mark it down. You write, just write it down because if I ever do, if God ever gives me the ability one time, Bubba, I'm going to oh. We come into church. We come into church, cross our arms, say, bless me if you can. Moses couldn't bless you. Let me tell you how you're going to get blessed. Quit worrying about you and worrying about a lost person. Get that lost person saved. Bless God, you'll run around this building three times. When old Darius got in the other day and I was able to take my Bible and share with him because we always have altar workers. I don't never get to do that, but I was, buddy, I'm, I was walking this high off the ground. You want to get blessed? Start thinking about somebody else besides yourself and you'll get blessed. Do y'all see the priority he extended? Not only that, but then look at this, the pursuit he engaged. He didn't walk to the door. He didn't walk to the edge of the property there he didn't he didn't get to the hey ho hey hey well i don't find him no it said he went after him he went after him until he found it brother travis i studied this out that shepherd was responsible if he lost that sheep he had to pay for that sheep it came out of his salary if he didn't. He had to either find the sheep or find a carcass and prove that an animal had taken that sheep. So they would keep looking till they either found it or they found a remnant of it and prove that something had come to that sheep. What does that mean? I believe it means this. We keep praying till they're gone. We keep witnessing till they're gone. We keep praying and begging and pleading and inviting and encouraging and saying, would you come to know Christ as your Savior? Would you come to go to church with me? Till they are not breathing any longer. As long as they are breathing air, it's potential. Well, I've invited them. And that's it. Irritate the fire out of them. The Bible says, compel them to come in that my house may be full. My dad said, that means hog time. Get in there and say, come on, come on. Would you come? Let it, let it ought to be every time they see you. They say, oh my God, it's that Jesus freak again. They're going to come ask me about church. I, they ought to be wanting to hide from you. And you run them down and say, come on. Hey. If you were in a if you were in a, a ship that's on fire and it's sinking, would you would you would you like to uh, go with me to the lifeboat? <laughs> well, not really. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Fool! The boat's on fire. Come on. <laughs> 
urgency. You're being just a little ridiculous, preacher. Are we? We haven't even asked them if they'll go to the lifeboat with us. Brother Jeff, you believe in hell? You believe it's hot? It's an awful place, isn't it? If they're lost and they die, where are they going? Isn't that a good reason to let's tell them? This is not a game. This is not a game. This is not a social event that we're at today. We're, we're, listen, we are at headquarters fixing to go back out into battle. And I'm telling you, we're running out of time. Where's our urgency? Where's the burden we have for our family? Man, I, I remember. Man, I remember we was up here working one day. And Tammy had just pulled out the parking lot and and me and dad and a few of the men were here doing the dirt work here, getting ready to put this building up. And, and somebody, a van tried to turn in too early and, and, and another car flipped and the car was flipping. When I looked up, the van was flipping. And the van was identical to our van. And I screamed, Oh God, that's my van. Man, I took out just running as hard as I could run. And I could see forms inside that van just like, and, and man, the fear in my heart was, it was urgent. And it wasn't our van, but the point is, we're living life every day like it's always going to be tomorrow. Until somebody dies. And then we live in regret and say, why didn't we tell them? Why didn't we tell them? Why didn't we live it? I was around them at school every day. And I wanted to be so popular so bad I'd never share with them the gospel. Now they're in hell. This is so true. I almost, just the way the spirit was moving in the service, I almost didn't do that skit. But God wouldn't let me. He said, we need to see this. Because right now, as I speak right now, you've got a face in your mind right now. You have an image of in your mind somebody who you need to tell. Urgent. We see there's urgency in the response of the shit. Can y'all see that? Can y'all see? I got to go get him. I got to find my sheep. Not only in the response of the shepherd, but write this down. It should be right there in your bulletin, the rejoicing of the saints. You know, Brother Donnie, catching a pass is exciting. And when you're watching a game and that that little five-foot or five-yard catch you're proud of it. But it doesn't get the response that that touchdown gets. You let somebody throw that 30-yard bomb and run it into the end zone. And we'll go stark raving crazy. Because it's different. Amen? It's different. Hey, it's a touchdown. Well, Jesus is trying to emphasize how important it is to win sinners. 
by the response of those who are around, the saints who are around this sinner when he gets saved. Bless God, it's time to get down. When he finds that sheep, he puts it on his shoulders and says, Woo-hoo-hoo! I have found the sheep. And listen, this is not just for me to get excited. I can't wait to get home and call my friends. And say, come rejoice with me. And then he said this. Look at this. Write this down. Write this down. A, the scope of the celebration. Who does it involve? All those that find out they got in. I put on Facebook, my cousin got saved Tuesday. He called me under deep conviction during the service, quiet after church. You know how somebody will call you and, 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 and they'll hem haw and they'll talk and small talk and, and you know they want to ask you something, but they're afraid to ask you. Has that ever happened? And I mean, he's talking, I know, uh-huh, it's on him. It's on him. And the phone went out. I said, no, man, what in the... The devil. And by the way, the devil will move to try to keep you from getting saved. He was under deep Holy Ghost conviction over here, and his son threw up right in the middle of the house of God while I was preaching. What's wrong with him? You tell me that ain't the devil? Here he is. He's, he's got to the place. He knows there's something wrong, and he needs to do something about it, and he calls me, and the phone goes out. That's the devil. I called that early that next morning. I said, what you doing? He said, man, I'm in the doctor's office. He said, something has gotten my eye and it is swole shut. I've got a bacteria infection. It's killing me. Devil. I said, call me as soon as you get out. He said, okay. So he calls me headed to work. And I, you know how you, I'm, I'm ready. And I'm thinking, I'm the preacher. Bless God, I got boldness. As soon as he said, hello, I lost everything. I got so scared and so nervous, I didn't know it was that's my cousin. I mean, we grew up almost like brothers in, in school and everything, and ugh, what am I going? And I just said, What'd you think of church Sunday? He said, Man, I squalled the whole time. He said, he said, Cody, that was his oldest boy that threw up. I don't even know how he heard it because he got sick and had to leave. He asked his mama, said, Mama, is it true if you die and you're lost, you go to hell? said, yeah, honey. She said, was daddy saved? And see, he had, he had made a profession when he was little like we did. So yeah, well, daddy's saved. And right when I heard that, I thought, oh, God, no. He thinks he is. And I said, well, Randy, are you confident enough in that that you can explain that to him? He said, I don't know. He said, I thought I was. He said, I don't know what I am. We talked back and forth. I said, let me tell you something. God is not up in heaven wanting you to guess. God is not up in heaven. He's not the author of confusion. If you ask him, he'll tell you. I said, when you get to work, you ask him. And I said, if he tells you, you, you call me immediately. I, I'll be in my office. You call me immediately, and, 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 and I'll pray with you on the phone. Whatever I need to do, he's okay. I never heard nothing the rest of the day. So I called that night, no answer. I said, oh, man. I couldn't stand it. Next day, I called him. No answer. I left a message and said, boy, you better call me back. Don't you ignore my phone calls. I'm going to be on you like white on rice. I done received some boldness. It's amazing how bold you can be on an answer machine. Amen? 
He called me back in about an hour. He said, man, I tried to call you twice yesterday. I even tried to call the church. Wouldn't go through because this was a thing between God and him. God didn't need me in the way. I said, what happened? He said, I believe it. I got it taken care of. He don't know all the Christianity talk, Christianese, amen. I said, what do you mean? He said, I think he fixed it. I said, well, explain it to me. I said, I got home. Or excuse me, got to work. I couldn't work. I couldn't think. I couldn't do anything. He says, I just sat on my tailgate and said, God, I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm saved. I'm so confused right now. I don't know what I am. He said, Malcolm said something about repenting, true repentance. He said, if God, I need to repent, I'm repenting. And he said, by that time, a cold chill went down my spine. He said, I started squalling. I couldn't stop squalling. He said, I think he done it. I said, you tell Aunt Grace? He said, no, I was going to call you to make sure I did it right. I said, I reckon you did. And I was walking this high off the ground. I put it on Facebook and everybody that got on, woo-hoo, all my group people that we prayed for, woo-hoo, we were so excited because somebody got in. We got to get more excited every day. Churches, you know why they're not excited? Because nobody's getting saved. Baptistries have turned into storage bins. Cobwebs in the baptistry. We are running out of time, people. Maybe if we'd get more excited about people getting saved, God save more of them. You know what? Watch this. Watch this. Look at me, guys. Look at me. We're almost done. This is it. Two points. That's all we got. Not only the scope of celebration, but the significance of this celebration. It said, likewise in heaven. And boy, he put an exclamation point on it just for them Pharisees. Brother Travis, just for that religious crowd. He said, boys, let me tell you something. I don't care how much law you know. I don't care, I don't care how much of this you're going by. There is more joy over just one getting saved. Then how many verses you quote every day? Do y'all, do y'all really get the significance of that? When we come to worship, when we come to worship and we show up and sing a song, God's not up in heaven. Woo! They showed up! Because we're supposed to. And if you're truly saved, you'll want to. I've never, I've never, ever seen a baby that didn't want to eat when it was born unless something was drastically wrong with it. Didn't have to teach it nothing. It come naturally. They had a desire for the milk. And you're supposed to want that. You're spo- it's, it's part of it. But he said, you let somebody get in. You let a sinner repent. And ask forgiveness and get saved. Buddy, you got to clear the aisles in heaven because you're going to get run over. Is that not what it says? Can you put that up, Brother Barnes? Can you put that verse up for me? That, that last verse we read 
uh, uh, Luke 15, uh, I believe it's uh, verse, yeah. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over how many? One sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which. Let me ask y'all a question. When you read that, what kind of priority does Jesus put on the lost? It makes Jesus sick when you're down here fussing over your parking spot. I need y'all to help me. Bless God, I need some help. If you're a regular attender and you're a member and you're, you, listen, you're of an age where you can walk, you need to help me and park in the back. Now, we want our seniors and we want those that, that need to park in the front to park in the front. But if you come on a regular basis and you like what's happening here and you want to see people keep getting saved, help me and park in the back. Now, if you're a senior, we want you to park in the front. We will not allow you to park in the back. Because God tells us to respect our elders, and I believe we need to do that. But if you can, I'm parking on the hill. I'm going to make a contest. Who can get the worst parking spot of the whole building? I'm going to win every time. Yeah, let's do it. See see who can get the worst, I mean the absolute worst parking spot of the whole place. I dare you. You get it? And I tell you, I got a four-wheel drive. I can go where a four-wheel drive gator can't go. Say amen. Why? Because there's somebody that if they pulled through that parking lot and there wasn't an easy way to get in there and park quick, they would leave. And guys, help me with this too. I got a pastor just a minute. There's another group of people coming in here in just a minute. And we're, this, by the way, this, this week we're starting construction. Give God praise and glory. I see some out there, constructing what? We're opening up the foyer out there to give more room. Well, today we ain't got it. So I need y'all to help me. I need y'all to help me. If y'all want to gather and, and, and talk and everything, do it on this side. That way the people that's coming in, they won't have to, they won't have to. Because last week, they had to. And I love to talk as good as anybody. If you do, there's a whole parking lot out there. So help me with this, okay? And, I, and here's, what, here's, the, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I'm a prophet. I'm prophesying. They're just about numbers over there at Temple. They just want to get them in and get them out. That's it. They're just about numbers. It's like a bunch of cattle over there. Please, people, don't act like that. We've got plans for a huge building. We're going to tear this wall out and we're going to go that way. So, but until we get it, how many of y'all can give priority to some other folks? Amen. So just help us with that. That would, that would greatly increase the ability of seeing somebody saved. You say, I don't know how that could be because I'll come... And grease my elbows if I have to to get in the building. But lost people won't. And if lost people feel overcrowded, they won't come back. Amen? Urgency. 
Sometimes when it's an urgent situation, you got to do things outside the norm. How many of y'all believe this morning that we are in an urgent situation? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll help us now. God, I pray for those that are not saved. There's, there's, there's people in this room that's not saved. 